A few months ago, my wife and kids and I were taking a weekend away in the mountains. The house had various board games and puzzles, and we decided it would be fun to do a puzzle of Charlie Brown and the rest of the Peanuts gang. Truth told, I really enjoy puzzles. I've always had an inclination in solving the impossibles, at least trying to. As the pieces fell into place, the characters, one by one, started to come to life. You had Snoopy, Woodstock, Linus, you know, the whole gang. As the colors began to unfold, there was a mixture of excitement and satisfaction as we were just a few pieces away from finishing the puzzle. But then, looking at the table, there was something missing. The final piece. Looking underneath the box and under our chairs then the table itself, the last piece of the puzzle was just... Well, it was missing. What? Come on, my eight-year-old said. No, he's never been the subtle type. For the most part, the picture was complete. I mean, 399 pieces were exactly where they were supposed to be. But that one, that one gaping hole was just, well, it was a hole. And I couldn't help but to just stare at it. Ugh. It feels so incomplete, I said. The picture just isn't the same without all the pieces. Disappointed, we did what most people do after completing a puzzle, which is break it down and put everything back into the box and then head off for ice cream. A well-deserved reward for such attention to detail, in my opinion. Chad, how is this helping me? Well... I share this story for a reason, as it randomly came to memory in the middle of the night last night. Yesterday to the day was one year. One year since my dad passed. And while over the past year I haven't been able to put my finger on one particular emotion with his absence, the puzzle with the missing piece seems to summarize my sentiment grief. I've sat on this episode for a year now. The emotional gutting that seems to take the wind out of you without notice and at times without reason even. So many of you have asked for an episode on grief and I appreciate that and I honestly felt it was something I really couldn't put into words or even wrap my mind around and share without shifting through the roller coaster of my own ups and downs this past year. And even after a cycle through all four seasons, I feel like I have yet to know anything more than I did in December the 6th, 2020. I read, Grief turns out to be a place none of us know until we reach it. Oof, that's a really strong word. Grief turns out to be a place none of us know until we reach it. Joan Didion wrote that in The Year of Magical Thinking, a classic novel on her experience with loss. When we arrive in a place of mourning, we are confronted with the, the vastness of our love and the risk associated with it. We live in a state of love. We, we love other people. We love ourselves. We love our pets and our life. And it's a beautiful, grand way to exist. Some would say it's the only way to exist, but which means the price of love 
is grief and loss, whether it's death or heartbreak or failure. The price of love is grief. But here's something I want you to realize. Grieving someone means you loved them. Think about that for a moment. Grieving someone means you loved someone. I'm Chad Lawson, and let's calm it down in three, two, one. Yes, loss is a sting like no other, and it empties our every ounce within us. But I'd like for you to close your eyes and visualize something with me. Let's look at grief in a most interesting perspective. With your eyes closed, deep breath. I want you to imagine that there you are standing in front of someone that you've loved dearly and, unfortunately, have lost. Take their hand and open it. And then imagine placing your heart in the center of their palm. Now gently closing their fingers around your heart and pushing their hand back to their chest. Say, this is yours. I give this to you. One more time. This is yours. I give this to you. To love someone is something we all desire, but to feel so wanted, so treasured, so safe, there isn't a word to encapsulate such a a moment or or an emotion or (laughs) there's not a word. Now, with your eyes still closed, think about your most favorite moment with that person. It's hard to pick one, I I know. But for now, just the very first one that comes to your mind. Again, eyes still closed. Relive that moment. Maybe it was sunny, or it was raining cats and dogs. You got caught in the rain. Maybe you were in a restaurant or on the beach. Just sit in that moment. Now imagine this favorite moment of yours. Take their hands in yours and tell them, thank you for loving me. Thank you for letting me know love. And finally, the love you've shown me, I will now show to others. Thank you for loving me. Eyes still closed. Now I'd like for you to be present in how you feel emotionally right now. It's like a light 
radiating your entire body. Notice your feet, they're, they're anchored. Your breath is deep. And as hard as it is, your smile is sincere. Your heart is full. I'd like for you to notice your chest as we do a quick breathing. I'd like to recall our 515 breathing just for a moment. I'm going to count backwards from five as we breathe in. We'll hold it for a second and then we'll slowly exhale to a count of five. Okay? With your eyes so closed. Inhale. Five, four, three, two, one, hold. Exhale, five, four, three, two, one. Slowly, let's open our eyes. Take a soft inhale as you gather your surroundings. And then a slow, soft exhale. That visualization of standing before your loved one and telling them thank you for loving you. It's powerful. It's so powerful. Will there always be a hole in your heart for that loss? Yes. Yeah, of course. But like the puzzle from earlier, there's a bigger picture pieced together. One that's been pieced one at a time. Had the puzzle been of just Charlie Brown and a white backdrop, I don't think missing a piece would have drawn such attention. There was no life around Charlie Brown. But there were 399 pieces, each telling a a bigger part of the story. Lucy is smiling as she's carrying Snoopy on her shoulders. Peppermint Patty and Linus, they're carrying Charlie Brown. I mean, the sky is blue and the grass is green, and, and the picture is one of happiness and celebration. But without the other pieces in place, the canvas would be blank. So in life as it is in the puzzle, think about the other pieces in your life, your puzzle, family around the dinner table, the perfect sky with clouds shaped like animals, the Bernadoodle that shakes his butt with excitement every morning when he sees you set up. Yes, there is a hole in the puzzle of your life. There is an absence. But if I may suggest, what if we take that absence and let it be an abundance, giving ourselves permission to say, the love that was poured over me, I'm going to pour into the lives of myself and others around me, my family, my friends, my neighbors, my grandchildren, my pets, love shown is now love sowed. Because here's the thing, and take this the right way. You are a piece to someone else's puzzle. Did you hear that? You are a piece to 
someone else's puddle. You are the the blue sky. You're the the woodstocker. You know, you're the smile on Snoopy's face. You're a piece to someone else's puzzle. And as much as I hate to break this to you, at some point, that piece of their puzzle is going to be missing for them. That's hard for even me to say. But think about it. Just as much as that piece is missing from your proverbial emotional jigsaw, so too will you eventually be missing from theirs. I I say this to bring clarity to the fact that you have loved, you have been loved, and now it's your turn to be love, turning absence into abundance. I'm pretty biased, but my dad was the epitome of love. <laughs> my only memory of him ever raising his voice was in excitement when my 1979 MGB would finally start. After we had gone through every plug, wire, and socket in the car, he was an industry icon in the world of furniture design. His work appeared everywhere from Oprah Winfrey Show to Pottery Barn, but he never carried a business card. That wasn't his identity. His fingerprint was a husband and a father, a listener, And most importantly, in my opinion, an example of love. Do I grieve? (laughs) Absolutely. Would I give the world for him to pocket dial me, let alone just call to say hello? God, yes. But one thing is for certain. If he were to suddenly appear right now, which would kind of creep me out, like right here, I know beyond any doubt He wouldn't say, hey, you should be crying more. You should be upset. I'm no longer around. Life will forever be miserable. No, he wouldn't say those things at all. Quite the opposite. He would first ask, hey, you doing okay? Then he would say, I showed you a world of love. Not to keep it to yourself, but to know how to give it to others. It wasn't spoken, it was always shown. And then he would smile, and he'd tell me that he loves me, and then he'd snatch a chocolate chip cookie off my desk and say, Be the light. And then he'd leave me to do just that. Be the light. Be the piece in someone else's puzzle. Cry sob, even scream, get it out. But better to grieve knowing love than lament without ever knowing at all. Missing someone, it, missing someone isn't hard. It's debilitating. But knowing why you miss them, why you grieve, why a a smell or a moment takes you to a fond memory, isn't just to be reminded of the person, but that person to be remembered for how they loved you. Be the light, be the abundance. 
It's your turn to be the love. To find more episodes of Comet Down, hear the musical playlist from today's episode, or simply wanting to know where to send chocolate chip cookies, visit cometdownpodcast.com. You'll even find additional resources for emotional support, including our online community and our Facebook page. You're not alone. You are not alone. This podcast was written and produced by yours truly, Chad Lawson, composer, pianist, and nationally recognized Sweet Tooth. And now something my attorney wants me to say. The views, expressions, and techniques in this episode are of my personal opinion and is not intended to, nor should they serve as a substitute for medical advice or diagnosis rendered to you by your individual doctor or other healthcare provider. Only a licensed physician should evaluate your situation, provide a diagnosis, or render other medical advice to you, and you should only act upon the advice of such physician. Now, what I'd like to say. I am an extreme empath by nature, but my profession is that of a composer and pianist, not a licensed therapist or physician. I hear from thousands of listeners how my music has helped them through various stages of emotional needs, and I simply want to offer this and future podcasts in aiding those needs. To find a list of licensed professionals in your area, please visit cometdownpodcast.com. And finally, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. While it takes less than 60 seconds to do, its impact will last for years to come as every little bit helps in growing the awareness and the importance of emotional health. I'm Chad Lawson, and until next time, be kind to your mind, and join me next week as we calm it down.